Thank you very much for that beautiful piece of music. And thank you to all who have contributed to our worship this morning. It's great to be able to sit and listen and to receive. And I believe we've been able to do that here today. My thanks to um, Barbara and to Elliot for sharing with us, as they have done. I want to ask you the question now, and what does, in that question being, what does commitment mean to you? And how is that reflected in your life? I would dare to suggest that in this 21st century, commitment to anything is often at times seen as temporary. Living in an age when we move from one phase to another, when we can dispose of those things we have no more use of, and in an age when it appears sometimes that even relationships can be temporary. What does commitment mean to you? Of course, there are people who commit themselves to different things. We've heard that in the words of testimony this morning. The desire to improve oneself, the desire to better oneself. Now, many of you who know me will know that sport is not something that I participate in. Um, and I'm not ashamed of that, although at times perhaps I ought to be a little bit more active than I am. But of course, later this year, we will have the Olympic Games and the Paralympics in Tokyo, and we will see again people who commit themselves to training, preparation, in order that they might be successful in those games. But equally, there are those people who we perhaps don't see, maybe don't even hear of, who are truly dedicated and committed to the work in which they engage. Thinking of Mother Teresa and that wonderful lady who just went about doing good in the communities in which she lived and worked. So what is your commitment to God looking like this morning? Is it all that it should be? Is it all that it could be? I guess a day like today is that opportunity to be a little bit selfish and to look inwards at ourselves, to reflect for ourselves, to discern where we are in terms of our relationship with God. Some years ago, I came across a phrase which summed up really what should be the desire of each one of us as Christian people. And that is simply that we might know Christ better so that we might be able to make him better known. Certainly made me think when I first read that statement. Paul, writing to uh, the Christians at Philippi, said, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Do we have that similar desire to know him better to know him more. Thank you, Barbara, for your thoughts because you reflected something of what I'm saying here just now. Ultimately, we want to bring others, surely, to know Christ through our commitment and dedication. It's not only a personal desire, but it's something that God wants of you and me. Why else would he have said those words? Jesus would have said those words when he sent his disciples out with that great commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We are to go. Okay, we might not be preachers, 
but we can through our lives show people the presence of Christ in our world today. And so this morning particularly, but thoughts will continue through our meeting this afternoon of this idea that we can be infinitely more than we currently are in our relationship with God and he can do infinitely more with us when we desire that for ourselves and give of ourselves to him. The video we saw right at the commencement of our meeting reminded us that God is everywhere. We can't escape his presence. Wherever we go, he is there. And his presence in us enables us to do that which he has called us to do. Some people in describing the church will describe a building, a place where they have visited, perhaps attended worship, maybe a concert, a place that has been consecrated to God. This is the Salvation Army's church here in the centre of London. But a church isn't a building. A church is about people. And when you spell the word church, look to the central two letters of that word and you remind, remind yourselves that you are the church. We are the church. And so as the church, we need to be willing to commit ourselves to the vision and mission of this place. We have recently spent some time, have we not, in conversation and discussion as to the future mission and vision for the Salvation Army here at Regent Hall. We are a part of that. We may not be able to do, to be fully engaged in all those things that are hoped and planned for, but we can, be the, we can be the church just where we are. I came across this during the week, and uh, it just seemed to re-echo some of my thoughts here. It says this, don't invite people to church. Invite them to lunch. Invite them to your home. Invite them in your heart. You are the church. We can be the church wherever we are. We don't have to be together in one place for that to be accomplished. So in the midst of all this, what is it God is wanting to say to us this morning? Again, Paul writing to the Ephesians, verse 20, we were reminded of these words on the screen earlier. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or imagine. And in the previous verses, we read, I pray, says Paul, I pray that you being rooted and established in love and may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide, long, deep and high is the love of Christ. To be rooted, to be established. How then can we deepen our relationship our experience of Christ. How can we enable him to do more in and through us? Well, firstly, I think by being who God wants us to be. We have to remind ourselves in, the wor- in a world in which we can so often be occupied with doing things that actually God created us as human beings. He wants us to be 
Sometimes we ask ourselves the question, perhaps, am I being who God wants me to be? And it's difficult to answer, except when we turn to Scripture, where it talks about being a holy people, being a people set apart for God. Leviticus 11, I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. Am I being Are you being who God wants you to be? Being set apart from the world and yet being of the world. And that's one of the challenges that we always have faced and I think perhaps is an even greater challenge in this 21st century when we tried to relate to the people out there. I was watching the the YouTube clip of the march last Sunday as the the band followed by the songsters and the rest came out of our hall. And as smart and as wonderful as that looked, I had to say to myself, are we matching the world outside? What do they make of us? What do they think when they see us? And I'm not against wearing uniform, don't hear me say that. But to be relevant is so important in this day and age. I remember my brother-in-law who was stationed at Bristol Citadel many years ago returning from the open-air meeting and as they marched along the road back to the old Citadel in Bristol there were a group of um, uh, people by by the side of the road who were obviously rough sleepers in the various states of of health and uh, they probably had a few too many to drink as well and they were shouting at the band and uh, From that came this idea of actually having a lunch, especially for them. It was in the days of the punk era, and so they used to have a punk lunch. I don't know if they had it when you were there. Yes, they carried it on. We have former CEOs from Bristol Citadel with us this morning. Sorry to point you out. Um, But uh, that was a great way of communicating, of relating to the people at that time. Being so that people might see in us who God wants us to be. My other thought is about be knowing, knowing who we are, knowing that we are a sinner saved by God's grace, as we were reminded in those words of testimony. Again, looking to the words of Paul, he, to Timothy, he writes, I know whom I believe, and I'm convinced. Do we have such a feeling in terms of our relationship with God and our desire to serve him. Again, the video reminded us we can see God in so many situations. Can we, can people see God in us? Maybe our prayer for today is that we might be able to go deeper in our relationship with God so that we might be better able to be used by him. Through prayer. I wonder what your prayer life is like just now. Is it easy? to pray? Is it difficult? Is it existent? I know from my own personal experience that sometimes it can be one, sometimes it can be the other, but how important it is that we keep that communication with God through our prayer life, through our understanding of God's word, 
Do you find time, apart from coming here on a Sunday, and we are greatly blessed by the ministry that we receive Sunday by Sunday, but do you have that opportunity for yourself to look deeply into God's word, to understand his word? And I would encourage anyone who is yet to link up to a house group to do so, because there's a great opportunity to meet with others, to talk things through, and to discern what God is saying to us, so that we might know him better, in order that we may indeed be better, that he may be better known. And my third and final thought is by doing. We're being who God wants us to be. We're knowing who we are in Christ. And we are doing the work that he has called us to. James wrote concerning Abraham, you see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by his actions. Do not merely listen to the word. Do what it says. Saul of Tarsus, when he had that experience on the road to Damascus, the blinding light that took his sight from him, what were the, what were the words that he uttered? He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, that was obviously to do what do you want me to do next in terms of that particular moment. But are we ever asking God, what do you want me to do? Perhaps commitment for you means a greater willingness to allow God to do what he wants in your life. God has a plan. He has a purpose. And many years ago now, more than I would care to count, I sense God was saying to me that he wanted me to commit myself to full-time ministry as a Salvation Army officer. And whilst it's not always been an easy journey, I can assure you, I am here today because I still believe God is, has called me and wants me to do that to which he has called me. And we need people to be Salvation Army officers in this day and age, the work that I'm engaged in at territorial headquarters constantly reminds me of the lack of people who are Salvation Army officers. Maybe God is saying to you on this Commitment Sunday, think about it, consider, discern what God requires me, you, to do. Finally, Paul, writing to the Romans, says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So as we have that opportunity in the closing moments of this meeting to renew our commitment to God, to reflect upon our commitment to God, or maybe make a first-time commitment to God. Let's use these moments to reaffirm that commitment, a commitment that can be expressed through our dedication to the church that God has brought us into, a, a commitment that allows the presence of God to be seen in our lives.